It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome! We welcome you to the club! To the club, to the club. Welcome to the club, club, club. Um, to the Saturday Friends Club, your source for being cool. We're super cool. Just cool people. We're not the kind of nerds who sit around our friend's apartment on a Saturday around pod, uh, around some really expensive and fantastic recording equipment and talk about movies we saw when we were kids. I know. We're, we're super cool. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're Silicon Valley engineers. I actually need to get some new, even better-ish equipment than oh, this. Oh, I thought you were going to say better friends, and I was about to be really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe that says a lot about like my abandonment issues. I know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think the pile of skulls over there is? Is this the free? Oh friends? no! Oh. Well, they were very small friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, no, don't. Those were babies of friends. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, <okay>. oh <laughs> just that, don't have children. You'll be fine. That right, only cool. makes it marginally better. I nope. Let's. Josh, you were saying we're fun and cool. Yeah, and we're, fun and, <laughs> we're fun and cool. Sabrina doesn't kill that many people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've only killed a handful. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're your source for nostalgia and coolness. I'm glad you're here. You're obviously cool. That's oh, how it works. Schlub. It's like your Bill Clinton voice. This is this is Bill Clinton. You're not Arkansas, you know. We're all pretty cool. Well, you know, I'm 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 saying that this is a third show. Um, our third shows tend to be pretty uh pretty loose, pretty fun. You know, wacky, uh, wild adventures. I mean, I've been spreading some of the eggnog around. There's been a little bit of drink around. We've uh, Mags and I are sharing a particularly dark beer. Dark beer. Am I the uh, only one who has not had alcohol today? I believe so. That's you, a, we we can, can solve that. Yeah, there's so much here. No, because it'll just make me sleepy. That right is now. true. But like it's, mm. it's the third show. And apparently there's a tradition of napping on the show that I was made unaware of. <laughs> Let's okay, well we we should say for the other listeners, when when one of us is not in the show, they are actually here, they're just asleep. <laughs> <laughs> or they're Martin on their own show. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Sabrina's show, so it should be her nap, right? Is that are those the rules that I did yeah. I misunderstand? I, I believe that tradition does state that the uh, that the organizer can either organize or sleep. I think that that's <laughs> Sabrina. What do you I, think about this? I think we've uh, we've got good consensus here. So. so consensus is this episode is nap time for everyone. We're gonna put on a soothing, soothing playlist in the background, and then have some white noise, and we'll just have some like white, yeah, some white noise. Get your some, get your teddy grams, everybody. Some some white noise, some white wine. <laughs> Maybe a little slight ASMR for you. We're use our We've had side voices. <laughs> is that, um, oh, I'm like the sound palette is very. I'm just. This is, overwhelmed. This is this is this very, is me being overwhelmed. This is a very sexy episode. <laughs> oh, please don't say that. <laughs> this is a very crinkly episode. Uh, <laughs> this is a very crinkly. That sounds like it should be a Christmas episode subtitle. It's a very crinkly episode. Oh, it was wicked crinkly. <laughs> oh man, so much crinkle. That sounds wrong for some reason. <laughs> because there's many bad things that crinkle too. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah. No. 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 Actually, no. don't answer. Stop. No. Stop. Nope. 
You know what doesn't see, crinkle? If, the Goonies. If it's crinkling, see right. a doctor. All right. But the so, Goonies never die. Yeah. Hold on. Time out. All right. All right. Goonies time. Sabrina, it is Sabrina's choice. Sabrina yep. has brought us the Goonies. Oh, yep. boy. Why do you like the Goonies? Um, because even though it came out before I was born, uh, I watched reruns of this on TV, and we actually had it on VHS, so I grew up watching this film a lot, and it's one of those, you know how someone always has, like, that one children coming of age story that they grew up watching constantly? Mine was... I actually had two. The first one was My Girl, and the second one was The Goonies. Oh, my Girl. Oh, geez. No, I've we're, never we're not... seen My Girl. All I know is that there's bees. <laughs> yeah, that's a very important scene. That's, yeah. <laughs> there are bees. Yeah, I And I believe, if I remember correctly, it has is a your very... Is the queen of a hive? No. No? Hmm. And I believe... I'll work this I... puzzle out. A very young Macaulay... Culkin, Culkin is in it. Is the, is, is in it? Is he the bee? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I mean, he becomes part bee at the end. No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's that's another tearjerker right oh, there. Oh boy. The but, one we watched before this, or the one we talked about before this, was the American or the uh, the Amazing Journey. Uh, Homeward Bound, anyway, and I cried a lot, and I talked about how much I cried, so that's that's what Sabrina's referencing. Here. Yeah, so My yeah, weak that's... will. <laughs> so, no, that My Girl definitely was one of those movies that you cry at. at. Um, but The Goonies, you don't cry at all. Are you sure? Did I misunderstand again? <laughs> Are you crying now? <laughs> okay, it, okay, at the end, there was some tears, but for the most part, it's not a crying one, okay? So, The Goonies is a 1985 American adventure comedy film, so technically, we're not supposed to cry, okay? You have misused <laughs> this movie if you cry. Yeah. Uh, Applied um, only for topical <laughs> application. Okay, um... I, I'm reading the Wikipedia article, by the way. So it was directed by Richard Donner, who produced with Harvey Bernhard. The screenplay was written by Chris Columbus from a story by executive producer Steven Spielberg. <gasps> Nothing wow. says like 80s like action Steven adventure comedies. Uh, yeah. Spielberg wonder. This is a band of kids who live in the Goondocks neighborhood of Astoria, Oregon, attempt to save their homes from demolition, and in doing so, discover an old Spanish map that leads them on an adventure to unearth the long lost fortune of One-Eyed Willie. Which, uh, if yes. you don't get that joke. Yeah, this, yeah. this movie is I'm sorry, full of dick jokes. Explain uh, that yeah. joke to me. All right. D the, you've never heard... The, okay, you're being facetious. Never mind. I I'm not explaining it. If you don't understand what One-Eyed Willie is, I'm not explaining it to you. We're adults. Okay, so okay? just to find out, who else has seen The Goonies? Before? Before. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen so bits I and pieces, and the last time I saw it was on a TV at a bar. <laughs> so, okay. This is interesting. I actually saw it at a corporate retreat earlier this year. Are you uh, interesting? Flipping serious. I'm not sure. Are you forking serious? I'm not shitting you. Bay. Sales never say die. <laughs> oh so my god. They had as part of a team building moment a screening of the Goonies after uh, talking about the performance of the company overall and some of our just just out know, of curiosity, goals. like what is the gender breakdown of your company? Uh, it's, um, actually it's about pretty equivalent, male, female, mostly a lot of married folks, um, in their late twenties to mid to late thirties, uh, some a little bit older than that. And then with lots of kids. Hmm. Neat. 
Yeah, so we so we watched the Goonies as part of the corporate team building event. I left about forty five minutes through the film because one of my friends had a bong. <laughs> I enjoy your priorities. Uh, so, uh, so we did that. Instead. All right. So then, in that case, I'm the only person who has not seen the Goonies, uh, and somehow this is this was one of the major things that just flew under my radar. Uh, Even though I, you were the right age, I was I was probably the right age. It was a little bit after, but I don't know why. I completely missed the Goonies. Okay, so like I, I feel also... like the Goonies are like they became a cult classic. Yes, it is a cult. It, it has become a cult film. So Ooh. like they, it made a lot of money when it came out, but I yes. don't think that like it. it uh... If you if you weren't born in that time period, it probably won't have the same sort of resonance with you. So definitely, if we have like really young listeners. Then I don't know. They may not get it unless they were like maybe introduced to it at a pretty young age. I feel like if you watch it way later when you're older, you're not going to get it as much because you're no longer. You didn't watch it when you were a kid. Well, also I think that like the Goonies is like the peak of that free range parenting movie in the eighties where yeah. kids are like allowed to have their own fun and attack yeah. adults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Crack has a really good article or video about that about how like movies in the eighties and nineties are all about like hurting adults. Um, and the Goonies is like a prime example. It's actually, like, I think a prime example of a lot of genres that sort of come to their peak in the eighties. Right. But like I was born in 87 ghostbusters was the movie that my brother and I watched to like literal shreds. My mother says that one of her biggest regrets was putting ghostbusters one and two on the same VHS <laughs> so that she couldn't rewind one while we watched the other. Oh. Um, and that gives you an idea of exactly how much or how little time my brother and I needed to cause trouble. Um, uh, Hmm. so like, I feel like the Goonies should have caught on if I had ever seen it. Like, I feel like that would have been a movie that I would have loved. Um, and I'm not sure like if it was a case of like, cause we were out of the country for a lot of my youngest years. So I don't know if like, that's why we missed it. Or like, it was a case of like a movie that sort of like it was big and then it sort of didn't hit the mark. And then like some people really loved it and shared it Mm -hmm. because like that was the era of VHS, you know, like. You could illegally pirate a movie if it went to syndication, and I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know the journey of the Goonies, and I kind of want to know now. Yeah. Right. Impassioned myself into this. Sorry, you were here for my journey. <laughs> Come along with me and figure out the actual financial history of the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely on that. Like, I feel like TV was probably way more for me than movies because we just we didn't go out. We weren't able to go out to the theater. You know, we grew up particularly poor in just like rural a- Alabama. Uh, and at then your, like, your mud farm, yeah, more or less. <laughs> uh, and, and like, if you have a big family, taking two kids and two adults to the movies is like just, just impossible. Taking five kids and two adults to a movie is then impossible. Um, so yeah, it 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 was one of those things where like TV. So this was, you know, probably uh, the VHS probably would have been completely viable, but for some reason it just never was yeah, a VHS. Yeah, I wonder for if us. the VHS sales didn't happen and it only sort of came into its own again, like. I wonder. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to see if I can find this. But out. I've always seen like Goonie adjacent stuff. Like growing up, you know, connected to the internet, there was tons of like sloth stuff. Like I saw plenty. Or the of, truffle shuffle. Yeah, the truffle shuffle. Was <laughs> there like was a, a Mikey is invincible thing. meme there for a while, where like people would shoot at me to be doing yeah, the truffle yeah, shuffle. They would bounce off. Yeah, that was great. It was great. It was. Yeah. I feel like that was a really big "You're the Man Now" dog meme. Oh God, yes, it was. Wow. Yeah. Um, Somehow older than this movie. <laughs> <James>. <laughs> Oh, God, that was a good sign. A friend of mine says one of his biggest achievements, one of the things that he's most proud of as an adult American man is the fact that he took uh, a cut of Geordie LaForge 
doing a barrel roll and synced it to Peppy's do a barrel roll perfectly for You're the Man Now, dog. That's like one of his great, biggest achievements. He, he is there in the Internet Hall of Fame um, where, eagles da- where eagles dare <laughs> and angels fear to tread. All right. Well, let's tell you what. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go and find out what it really takes to become a Goonie with the Goonies. <laughs> Tell us about the Goonies. Yeah, was it was the uh, quick of that breakdown one more time? Uh, well, wait, did you say how you first saw it? Yeah. Okay, we sorry. Had it on yeah. VHS. Look, I'm like two eggnogs and a beer in. Like, I don't know if you've had Josh's eggnog. We're sorry. going fast and loose on this it's one. A yeah. good, it, it's yeah. a good nog. Look, I'm just like really cheerful and excited to hear about Sabrina's experiences. Please help me help my friend. Yes. <laughs> help me help you. Help me help you help me. Well, do you do you well I already gave Yeah, the so, yeah okay, well sorry, so. take this how you want to. Lead us lead us forward. This is an adventure, Sabrina, and you get to decide how we start. You you are our Sean Austin with the map. <laughs> Sean, Sean, do you have Aston. your Aston. Sean Aston second Do you have your inhaler and a stutter? The second okay, Sean well, Aston movie we've <clears throat> done. Well, okay. So like I said before, The Goonies was directed by Richard Donner. It's from a story by Steven Spielberg, but he did not write the screenplay. Uh, Chris Columbus did. It stars a the young... Chris Columbus? It came back from Of the, the first two Harry Potter movies fame? I have no idea. Probably. So um, it stars... Some very famous names, oh, but yeah. very young. So you have Sean Astin. I flipped out when I figured out who played <laughs> in this movie. Let's go through. Josh Brolin, Jeff Cohen, Corey Feldman, Carrie Green, Martha Plimpton, and I'm sorry, I do not know how to say this name. Ki Hui Kwan, who I believe was also in Indiana Jones. Short round. Uh, yes, he was in Indiana Jones as well. Man, I wonder if he ever got to play characters with a bigger character feature than is Asian. Is Asian. I would like yeah. to state that uh, I heard some B- I heard something that was complete BS. Uh, the, the you heard a false statement. <laughs> I know. Oh. Did you hear it perhaps on the internet, the home of all truths? <laughs> no. I, uh, horribly enough, I heard it from the one from the one person who played Data on Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation, who was just like, "Oh yeah, totally." Like they were going to call the character Data, but then Patrick Stewart come in, came in and said Data, and that's the reason why nowadays we say it's Data, not Data. I'm like, bullshit. They say it in the Goonies as Data. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Brent Spiner. Shut up. <laughs> Brent Spiner, I understand that you're frustrated with the, the, the turn your career has taken, but please. <laughs> he actually, no, he, he, didn't, he, he wasn't mad about it. He just thought it was a funny story. No, I mean, like, he's, isn't he pretty famously upset about mostly being known for typecast? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't. He whatever. was in Independence Day. I don't remember. It's who? He was the doctor who gets killed by the alien. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah, he looks pretty human when he's not dressed up like Data. <laughs> well, no Well, shit. also his hair. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I yeah. did not realize. Yeah. He's okay. done a few things. So, 
the movie had a budget of nineteen million dollars, and the box office was sixty one point five million dollars. So it went well. Yeah, yeah, that is it a nice did payout. really well. Okay, so if you want, I can start going into the plot. Sure, let's sure. go. Let's go. Let's, let's go on a journey. Okay, so again, I'm reading stuff from the Wikipedia article. Show so. us this hidden map, Sabrina. Okay, so we start off um, facing foreclosure of their homes in the Goondocks area of Astoria, Oregon, which we had no idea where this was taking place. We knew it was Astoria, but I had no idea where Astoria was. Yeah. Isn't there an Astoria in New Jersey? Yeah, it, it seemed like it was like East Coast because what? that's where pirates well, would be. I, but I reckon I I, I hadn't I didn't, it took me a while to realize it was Oregon, and I went to school not in Oregon, but I on the very north coast of California, and it looked a lot like the place I yeah, went. Yeah, it's school. very ringy and piney and very dark green and foggy. Very mm-hmm. green, foggy, and like a lot of those old Victorian houses. Yes, it actually kind of gave me memories of Monterey. I was thinking, it's like, yeah, oh, this feels like Monterey Big Sur kind of. I can see that. It is very lush. Mm. Okay, so area of Astoria, Oregon to an expanding country club, a group of children who call themselves the Goonies gather for a final weekend together. The Goonies include optimist Mikey Walsh, his older brother Brandon, the inventive Data, the talkative Mouth, and the overweight Klutz Chunk. Okay, and if we remember... This is one of those quintessential 80s movies where, like, there's five adventuring kids and they each have one personality trait. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's the... We keep... We'd already mentioned the truffle shuffle, but in the beginning they show that um, they're all gathering at the house and uh, Chunk shows up and Mouth uh, refuses to let him in until he does the truffle shuffle, which means he climbs onto a stump Pulls up his shirt because he's uh, a bit overweight and then just jiggles his body around. Uh, may I mention that uh, throughout this movie, I hated Chunk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. He's it's that, I, I, like he's dumb and obtuse and everything that like fat characters are in the I, 80s. I have things to like, say about this You cannot be movie. both like fat and smart or fat and observant. You can only be like fat and a slob. It's fat yeah. and annoying. And obsessed with food. Like it really just his it was constant. Yeah, it's, it was a constant dumb trait. Like, I'm, and that yeah. he likes to eat. I, well, yeah, that part being fat. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna say I might, I might be the minority here, but I like really dislike this movie. <laughs> You're not the only one. Okay. I was not having a good time. I mean, I thought it was fine. I could totally see how the '80s kish. Like, I could, as a kid, I would totally have gone for this. Yes, I can see. I know. I know why people like this movie, but watching it now, especially, was I, I was. Not having it. I kind of just had to put myself in the set of just like I'm a kid in the 80s. I'm just kind of like Like, somebody who was able to like go to the library in the river behind the library without parental supervision and sort of plan my own adventures. I think as a kid, this would have hit me in like the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I would have probably tried to be the mouth. That was probably (laughs) who I was as a kid. Um, Or like I don't know. I would have thought myself as Sean asked it. Whatever, right? Like you would have each picked out who you were. And each of like each of your friends would have picked a character, <laughs> and like you would have like taken those adventures on, and I totally absolutely see that. <laughs> and you would have, but for- like as an adult, I'm like, whoa! Like, have we gotten to the part where the mouth like no. terrorizes? Okay, sorry. No. Go on. Well, they actually kind of skip all that in the plot rundown because it's not really that important. But yeah, um, also just quickly, there is like a goal. What's it called? A gold Ruberg machine. Rube, Ro- Rube, Rube, Rube Goldberg. Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Goldberg machine in the beginning that Mikey uses to open the gate instead of just walking out there and opening the gate for Chunk, 
which I thought was kind which of takes like weird. eight times as long. Yeah, it's it's like he, he could have like already opened the thing by the and time like, Chunk could have opened it himself. Yeah, like he could have reached over and opened it, but he was begging them to open the gate for some reason. It's, it was really weird. I, I I'll I'll get into it later, but, but I need to talk about this this in Spielberg specifically. But yeah, there's um there's this scene where the mom comes in and she brings this this older uh Spanish speaking lady because I don't know if she's if she's Mexican or what. But she speaks Spanish. And then um, she's like, does any of you speak Spanish? And Mouth is like, I speak Spanish. So she takes the maid around and explains things to her. And as she's doing okay, it. Because they're trying to pack up their house. And like their dad is the Sean Aston, the his character's dad is a lawyer. And they're trying to like fight the foreclosures. And the mom has broken her arm. So like she's unable to really do any serious packing. So she brings this you know, migrant worker home to do the packing. Yeah. And I was like trying to like very cheerfully be like, hey, this is what I need from you. And like, this is what I, this is what this room is. And this is what I need your help doing. And like very like, hey, let me talk to you as a person. And the mouth goes by and is telling her like, hey, if you don't do the work, this is the dungeon they'll lock you in. (laughs) And like the woman, for whatever reason, believes it. Well, yeah. like they pass by the door to the attic. Like, this is where she keeps her sexual torture devices. Right. Like, like one, she's not dumb because she doesn't speak English. Right. You know, right. like I think she looks to be a middle-aged, grand, maybe young grandmother, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Like surely she's seen children before and knows that a kid with that kind of hair is yes. only going to be trouble. <laughs> a kid with a kid who's like a miniature greaser, like he's probably up to no good. Right. In 1985, a miniature greaser is going to be a kid who grew up entirely on television. Which is maybe why the reason she stays around, opposed to just running out of the house to begin with. Clearly, right. this child yep, needs right. like. But some guidance in his life that he has not yet to receive. Hilarious joke, guys. It's yeah, abusing people oh. who are you know hilarious yeah, joke. Minorities. We totally for okay. So we skip the opening. <sighs> the opening. The opening actually starts in a jail, and the, all the in they uh, do open you know the what doors. The actor with the, the acne scars. What his name is? Because I only know him from Showgirls. Uh, and I feel like maybe that's a <laughs> bad way wow. to know somebody. I have no idea. <laughs> great, great, great movie. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll so find out. I got out. to see it as in a theater as part of a Paul Verhoeven oh, series. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. It was no, no, no. It was paired with. It was a double showing of RoboCop and Showgirls. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. It was that at is the Roxy. If you're in San Francisco, they do excellent work Man. like that all of the time. Okay, so but yeah, so we skip the opening where it starts in a jail. And you see the the doors open, the inmates leave, and the uh, one of the guards go in to check. And he goes to one room and he sees a guy that looks like he's hung himself. And then he there's a note on him, so he reads the note and is like, and it basically it says, "You really think I'd be dumb enough to kill myself?" And the guy surprises him and bashes him in the head. And you see he uses a pipe attached to his pants to keep him upright. So he escapes. His brother and his mom are there to break him out. They start a fire. To the keep- family that escapes together stays together. Yeah. Yes. So it- there's this whole chase scene in the beginning where you're first, where they first show all the main characters as they're having this car chase because it passes all these people. Um, so that's important for later because Chunk comes over to tell him the story, and they don't believe him because apparently he's known for telling like tall tales and Lord, stuff like he, that. Oh, they open with like, yeah, and Michael <laughs> Jackson really stopped by your house to use your bathroom. Yeah, and he's like, all right, that didn't happen, but his sister did, and like you can tell that he just needs attention. I don't know what. <laughs> do we get to see what his home life is like? I don't remember. No, it's not good. no, no, no. But they it don't. can't be good. Like, look but, at him. But at least Janet Jackson was there. <laughs> 
but Janet yeah. Jackson is his real mom. So yes. after after the mom leaves again with her with her little uh, helper or whatever she whatever they're gonna call her, um, the kids decide to go uh, rummaging through the Walsh's attic. Um, and while they're up there, they come across a 1632 doubloon and an old treasure map purporting to lead to the famous pirate One-Eyed Willie's Horde located nearby. <laughs> Which I should mention, uh, Mikey gives there's this framed, the map is framed. He gives it to Chunk, who is a known klutz, who immediately drops it. And that's how they get these things. So I don't know why he did it, but be- he did that. Because they weren't supposed to be up there. But I guess by giving it to Chunk and having Chunk destroy it, everybody knows that Chunk just destroys things. So he won't get in trouble for it. So it's okay. Right. It seemed like it was a very deliberate passing off of blame, which again is really unfair to Chunk. Yeah. Not that Chunk is. Uh, but like Chunk is a child, he's not making choices. He's but he's not, right. yeah, not that he's a redeemable character. Yeah, but he and, is a child. and let's be honest, like mm-hmm. one of the things that I noted, uh, those problems are with his writers, no. not with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Now go ahead, Sabrina. Okay, uh, so the they want they want to do they want to go and find the treasure, um, but the older brother Brandon uh, was told not to let Mikey out of the house because of his asthma. So they have to do this weird thing where they use his what do you call that stretchy muscle thing with the springs? It's like some sort of weird, just like a tension band. Yeah, I, I guess, but oh, it's, it's with like metal springs. It's something they used in the eighties. A grip strengthener. Okay, right? I don't like, know. It's supposed to be like, it's two handles and some springs in the middle. It's supposed to be like a resistance trainer. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. They somehow wrap it around him while he's sitting in a chair. You so they es- So they escape. Um, and then they end up at this... Um, they end up at a derelict restaurant near the coast, which coincides with the doubloon and the map, supposedly. Uh, they encounter the Fratellis... We met in the beginning of the mo- the beginning of the movie. A family of criminals hiding out at the restaurant, uh, evading detection by returning outside. The kids run into Brandon and two girls. The popular cheerleader Andy, who has a mutual crush on Brandon, and Steph, Andy's nerdy, tough-talking best friend. Yeah, good, good, solid female characters. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Well, I I thought I thought Steph was actually not that bad. Yeah, she's better. Andy was kind of ugh. Uh, so Mikey convinces Brandon to return to the restaurant to explore after the Fratellis leave, discovering that the criminals are running a counterfeiting operation. As the Fratellis return, the group finds a tunnel beneath the restaurant and hides in there, sending Chunk to notify the authorities. Which, um, given that they trusted him to break something before, I know. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And they and they know that he's known for telling stories, so why they think the authorities would believe him is beyond me. And there's even a scene later in the movie where he's actually speaking to the cop, and then it's, it's kind of just proving that point. Yeah, and they actually skip in this blurb about how they find this weird-looking guy downstairs. They find a dead body. Well, yeah. no, they find they oh. find um, sloth. Before he's intro- he's not introduced it, it, yet. It's like a family of, of, of criminals, and they have one deformed son who they keep, keep chained up. Who, yeah, a in a room watching TV, apparently. <gasps> so, um, so yeah, they so Chunk ends up getting left behind just because for the fact they 
They find a dead body in a freezer, and when they're putting it back, they accidentally leave Chunk in there with the dead body. So that's why he ends up being on the outside when they're in the tunnel. But they send him to get help. Um, So they explore the tunnel and find the remains of a previous explorer who also searched for the treasure. And Mikey is sure they are on the right trail. Evading various booby traps set up by Willie, they find themselves under an old wishing well. Uh, the ki- which, I don't even know how that would happen, but, uh, the kids have a chance to be pulled out of the tunnel by Andy's obnoxious boyfriend, Troy, whose family owns the country club. Her but- boy toy, Troy? <laughs> hey! Oh my god. They have, they have quite possibly the, mo- the most, like... The earliest Nicki Minaj reference. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> they have, they, they have the most terrible, like, sex conversation Oh, in the history no. of movies. Oh my god, yeah. Do you want to pull any like deep cuts for us? Yeah, bro. How how about I'm not sure if this is listed in the scene, but what about the weird like make out scenes that are like attempted to be okay, done? Okay, we're getting there. Okay. Oh boy. Um, the kids have a chance to be pulled out of the tunnel uh, by Troy, whose family owns a country club, but Mikey convinces the group to continue on their journey. Uh, meanwhile, Chunk, who has escaped the restaurant, tries to flag down several passing cars, but is intercepted and kidnapped by Jake and Francis Fratelli. In a stupid scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, say about a lot of scenes. But he's not, he's supposed to not be that smart, apparently. Uh, when the Fratelli's... Well, because he's fat, how could he also be smart? And, and on top of that, he was Jewish. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because he made lots of references uh, that said he was Jewish. Uh, what was he going like? Matzo balls, Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, he, made, he later he, he does talk. Okay, let's just get All to right. that part. No, she's right. He says like it's like big, big, big as matzo balls, and he says like the Hanukkah bush at some point. I yeah. Forget. Oh god. Yeah, the when the Fratellis threaten to shred his hands with an electric blender, a terrified chunk reveals not only where his friends are but also the existence of the treasure. Um, and then that at uh, this is when he start. They, they they threaten him to like tell him everything and he goes everything and so he literally tells them every bad thing he's done his whole life so that's a really long ass scene um do 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 uh okay so when they they're about to leave to go after the other kids so what they do is they tie chunk to a chair and lock him in the basement next to sloth their deformed younger brother kept chained to the wall while the Fratellis pursue both the Goonies and the treasure, Chunk befriends Sloth, and Sloth is able to break their bonds. They form a third party. What? They form a third party headed into the tunnel. Right. Right, mm-hmm. because you have the first group that is. That the wasn't Goonies. what I was. Yeah. Sc- yep. That's not what confused me. It's just that sentence was weird. Thank you, Babe Ruths. Woo! Babe Ruth's making Babe friends Ruth. every day. Babe Ruth paid Baby Ruth paid big money to be in this movie. You know, oh, I yes. really like Baby Ruth, so I'm like 100% behind this. I mean, it's only like caramel and peanuts. So I, it's very easy. It's delicious, okay? It's very easy. <laughs> it's an easy candy bar. What's a what's a complicated candy bar? Take five. Sn- Snickers. Take wow, five. they seriously King do candy not bars. talk about the traps that they go through. They just pass all of that up. In but, one sentence. Yeah, like, along the way, they, they pass through a series. Like, imagine the ending scene to Raider, uh, to um, Last Crusade, but less violent and more wacky. Yeah, because this, this completely loses, like, Copper Pot. It completely... We haven't gone through, like, the, the other things where they've done where they've, like, put the, the skull key in. Yeah, they're and found not the mentioning the specific traps in here. They just say they... 
they hasten through the remaining traps. Yeah, which is that's not quite true because the last one was particularly tough because this just feels like a a D and D modern campaign, like a really fun one or an adventure game. Yeah, right. (laughs) I like the idea of a campaign adventure film, but yeah. So there, there's there, there were a few traps that they went through. The most notable is the last one, which is this crazy looking piano made out of finger bones. And there, on the back of the map, there's actually a line of um, music, music notes. Yeah. And they're like, who the hell here knows how to play piano? And they push Andy forward. And she's like, I only like took less, like a couple of lessons. And so she's struggling to play these notes. And for the most part, basically all around them, the, the ground falls away Whenever every they- time she plays a wrong note. Yeah. And it looks yeah. like there's like 20 notes, so. Yeah, but yeah. she only plays, like, I think five in the whole scene. Yeah. Um, so finally she makes it through. They're all fine. Um, there's and, and, a weird... And we have to make sure that, the, like, the Fratellis are, like, right there on their yeah, heels. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. right there. They they threaten to shoot them. Um, there's one particular moment where uh, Data goes over there and is basically set to stall them. And so Data has this... Uh, <laughs> this punching glove that pops out from his stomach to punch the. He also the has those the, the 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 grease heels. Yeah, or the grease whatever. heels. That yeah, that was that earlier. He's, 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 he's Batman. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> Batman. Batman utility belt with all these crazy he's, wacky. He's inventions. Inspector Gadget. Yes, <laughs> is basically what he is. Um. Really? Just you're above all reference? the Inspector Gadget references? You're going to reference that one? Thank you, everyone who joined us in our, like, incohate rage. <laughs> wow. this was the, the live action one. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You're dead to me. I am oh! sensing some strong feelings here about Inspector Gadget. Look, the cartoon was excellent. That movie was just like... Matthew Broderick that was, was another, better than yeah, that. No, Inspector Gadget was better than that. <laughs> I think that I think that killed Matthew Broderick's career, which oh, makes no, me yeah. sad. Oh no, it was dead before that. <laughs> oh. that. That was only the sign that it was dead. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Moving on. So yeah, they ultimately find an enclosed grotto in Willie's pirate ship, the Inferno, which has been sealed in the cave for centuries because they learned earlier there was a cave in, and they were quote unquote trapped inside. They explore the ship, finding a hoard of treasure in front of the skeletal remains of Willie and his crew. Mikey gives a sober speech to Willie, naming him as the first Goonie. Then he and the others fill their pockets with riches. Mikey insists that the coins directly in front of Willie remain untouched as Willie's tribute. Remember this, because this is important later. As they leave, however, the Fratellis have already caught up with them. They make them drop the treasure before threatening to kill them by forcing them to walk the plank. When suddenly Sloth and Chunk arrive, (laughs) Sloth, angered by how the other Fratellis have treated him in the past, easily subdues them and helps the rest of the Goonies to escape the boat. (sighs) Though Mikey insists they go back for the treasure, Brandon worries more for their lives, and the group escapes through a hole in the grotto. Um, Oh, wow. It totally skips the part where the Fratellis go back into the room with the skeletons, and they're starting to take the treasure, and they actually grab the that small it these coins that mikey insisted was willie's was on this special balance thing that they used to count money with or weigh gold with i guess mm-hmm. or so whatever it's a scale yeah scale. yeah it's a scale so um they take the money from that and by taking money from that it sets off another one of willie's traps and basically 
stuff starts breaking and the like the walls start coming down mm. um so sloth actually has to stop a rock uh, from falling down the end, the exit, so that the kids can escape, um, and they eventually arrive at a nearby beach shore, where police quickly come to their help and reunite them with their families. Uh, well, okay, I see what they did. What? This is what we trust for making Wikipedians write our articles. So yeah, because the Wikipedia now mentions that, but I'm like, no, that that happened while the kids were still in the grotto. Well, we're setting it right. We're gonna edit it back, right? Okay, so yeah, whatever. absolutely. I'm editing these episodes. So the Fratellis <laughs> are forced to abandon the loot and flee to the beach, where police quickly take them into custody. Um, as the Goonies are taken care of by their families, including Chunk offering to bring Sloth into his family, the owners of the country club show up and demand that Mr. Walsh sign away their homes and the Goondocks. As he is about to do so, their housekeeper, oh, well, they actually call her housekeeper, Rosalita, finds Mikey's marble bag in his wet clothes filled with gems that the Fratellis had neglected to confiscate. Mr. Walsh triumphantly tears up the paperwork as the gems are more than enough to negate the foreclosure. As the Goonies celebrate, the attention of all on the beach is caught by the sight of the unmanned inferno, now clear of the grotto, and the Goonies wave her goodbye as she sets off once more upon the sea. And so ends the Goonies. Thank you. Oh, boy. All right, so I'm getting some feelings across the table. Okay, yeah. I need to. I need to say. I need to say. It feels stuff like you movie. have a lot of things you need to get off your chest. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is like a thing with Spielberg that, like, I he, Spielberg is a very highly rated director, but I think he has the same like brain problem that George Lucas has, and this is like I think this is a, and because this came out like I believe the year before Temple of Doom. It's very right or if not, it's one or the other. They're very close together. And these, this is just like this is what Spielberg thinks is going to market really well, and it, I, I, I find it super aggravating. Well, apparently it works because back then it did really well. It did, and it's just, and I, I, I say, I seen, I've seen this movie previously when I was in like sixth grade, and even then I was like, I don't get this, and then I watched it again, and it's like, oh, I see what's going on. And it just made me think of the contrast of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, great movie, Temple of Doom, and then, and then Temple of Doom is Indiana Jones. But with this shit crammed into it, it's like Indiana Jones, but he's surrounded by like annoying, talkative sidekicks who like actively Im- like. It doesn't feel necessarily like what kids want, and it doesn't necessarily feel like what adults want. But it feels like either what adults who are still children want, Maybe? or adults who think what children want. But- because like a lot of people I know that absolutely love the Goonies are like, I mean, like I know it's a worn out phrase on the internet, but man, children. I know, but like people who really regret they either had to grow up too fast, or like they feel like they've grown up too much, or like have problems with growing up. I guess, but it, but it's like it, it just annoyed me because it was like it made me think of that like the first Indiana Jones movie is like is violent and it's you know it's it's the male power fantasy because everyone wants to be Indiana Jones because he's a badass and everything and then like you get to the other movie and the other movie is dark and violent but then it's just like there's this annoying kid and his. Um, I completely spaced her name, but the female lead in Temple of Doom is... Doesn't want to be there. Doesn't want to be there, and it's just like, she's exactly like the character in this movie. She's talking constantly, and it's just like freaking out and panicking, and like, it's just this going on in the background, and it's like, it's a terrible character archetype to write in, and this movie is full of it. Like, what drove me up the wall about this movie is, like, 
eight characters all on screen at the same time, all talking simultaneously. Oh, God, it's like a constant clown car that's just rolling. It's, it's like this weird... Quip after quip after quip yeah, after quip. 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 There's like quips, no moment. And it's like them asking what is going on or expl- it's all 80 yard, like what is going on, explain what's going on. And it's constant, and like I that it, like I was making me insane. Yeah, not I to really mention like it. not to mention like some of the heat of the arguments are like pitch up, especially between the kids. It just gets so loud and obnoxious. And then like you're saying, Chunk is a very unendearing character, and is just like talking nonstop about nonsense, and like they're all cracking and repeating the same like inside jokes that are just like not funny. Mm-hmm. And so because like, you're not inside of them yet. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> well, you're not inside the group, but it's also yeah. just like, no, this isn't funny, guys, and like, keep going. And th- like, there's scenes that drag because they're just talking, uh, like, the, and they're all like, ch- like chattering over each other, and these scenes just go on and on. Like, I fe- I feel like the thing about the Goonies, I mean, like, so one, I think like it's the pinnacle of, or at least it brings together a lot of like '80s movies tropes, right, and um, mm-hmm. attentions that like. It does really well. Like, it's a pretty good adventure movie. It's right. a pretty good movie of, like... And I feel like, in maybe with my generation, it was, like, the Power Rangers. You know? Like, I'm the whatever one, and I'm the whatever... Like, the Goonies is full of that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, I think pretty prime in there, is that you don't have to like everyone. You have to like one person. Right? Or, like, you identify with one person. Right. And then, like, that's what you needed to carry you through a movie in those days. Um, and I feel like the Goonies is a prime example of that. Well, and then it's also, like I was saying, the Indiana Jones metaphor, then they had to rein in Spielberg and make Last Crusade, which was the best one, I think. I think it narrowly beats, I mean, Raiders is like a, you know, basically a, like it's a flawless movie. It's, per, it's awesome. And I just think Last Crusade's a little bit better. But, like, so that's why Temple of Doom is this, like, you know, a dark spot on the franchise until, you know, later. <laughs> Until Crystal Skull. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's only yeah, three per- Indiana Jones whatever. movies. But I'm saying so like this had this this is Spiel this has all of these Spielberg things in them. It's like Rube Goldberg machines, like teams of archetypal like an archetypal team of kids who are all talking nonstop like this. And it's like oh you know what this Josh, this made me think of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm. It's exactly like the same thing. They're like, what's going on? There's all this ADR dialogue of them, like, what's going on? What's go this what way? is no, no, no. ADR? It's like it, like it, uh, what is it after dubbing and re-recording? Oh, what is the? I I, the okay, I understand. I understand what you mean. I think all of the, I think a lot of that dialogue and that chatter was added in later. Yeah, it's whenever anybody is not facing the camera in a way that you can add a line to them. So it's like, oh, they totally were asking questions or saying something right then. But since they're not facing the camera, there's no way you can see their mouth, so you can't tell that they didn't actually say anything. And they'll have these wide shots where there's characters who are just off camera, and it's like all of their dialogue is so curated. The the chatter is both annoying, but also highly curated. So this was a very deliberate design choice, and I know there's lots of 80s movies that do this. They thought, like, this was the way to keep, like, the pace going, was you just have characters talking constantly, and it's like... So I found the movie hard to track because of that. I feel like my favorite experience of watching The Goonies was watching it at a bar. <laughs> like, you got just enough of the dialogue. That you're like, oh, yeah, I really like that line. Because a lot of the lines are cleverly written. Yes. It's just that, you know, there's there's too many of them. And you're, you're also <laughs> drinking, so that helps. Yeah, that helps. And then, like, you're sitting with people who either love or hate it. Like, and you get to talk to them about it. And I feel like The Goonies is a movie that really facilitates yeah. Or at least is easy to talk about. Yeah, and so right. th- that's why it's I just... would do this in that situation. I would have done that. That's really silly. Why did they do this? You know, like 
like I think that's part of the inherent appeal is like being able to imagine yourself in that situation. Right. Like it's it's a movie that like in like just draws you in. Yeah, it has. That's why. That's the way it's weird. It has all of the moving parts that I think would make it a good movie, but this movie, like this movie, drove me crazy, and I really disliked it. All yeah. Right. No, I wound up like skipping through parts and parts and yeah. parts, and like so, fast forward and see. Oh, has it changed yet? Oh no, it hasn't changed yet. All right. So the person that I'm most interested in right now, is Sabrina. She's been. She's been well, hold, I mean, holding holding it and holding it back after catching up with it this many years. How do you feel about it? I still like it, but I also grew up watching it a ton. Like, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, like, this is just, like, one of those cool adventure movies that involve kids. Like, I think that's why I love Temple of Doom so much um, for the Indiana Jones, because it does have, like, the kid sidekick in it, which I enjoy, which, as a kid, you like having a kid sidekick there, so... The Goonies was like, but The Goonies was more my movie than Indiana Indiana Jones was. Yeah. So for me, like, this is like a good children's adventure movie. And I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like children are like that where, yeah, they like to talk over each other a lot and when they're arguing and stuff like that. So that never bothered me. Yes, I understand that the, some of the archetypes are a bit too stiff and on the nose and maybe... It doesn't offer too much character growth as far as an adventure movie goes. Like, I feel like we the, the characters themselves didn't really grow, except for maybe the girls a little bit, because they had to think about more than just themselves. Like, there was a scene where Mikey explains to the girls, you know, you're one of us, you're a Goonie now, and how important that was, like... Even the, like, because for me, Goonie doesn't just mean, oh, they're from the Goondocks. Goonie also means you're an outsider. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lifestyle. No, it's like, it's like if you're ever part of that group of kids growing up where you didn't really belong, you were an outsider, that's what the Goonies represent. Right. You, uh, Goonies represent you as a child being an outsider, but being part of a group who understands you. And, you know, it's, it's a... It's a lot about building friendship and sticking together and helping each other out, basically. And so for me, it's not just about the movie itself. It's just about the relationship and what that actually means. Yeah. And I, it, that's it's interesting. Like, like, saying it like that, I think that adds... I, I think I was thinking about what I was saying in relation to that. And it's like, yeah, this is an, a, this is an adventure movie for kids. I can see why this appeals for kids. And I think Temple of Doom tried to make an adult adventure story, like like well let's see if we can make it like because that was the first that was the movie that caused PG thirteen to be made mm -hmm. was Temple of Doom and I'm sure it was Spielberg like we want because it's it, I I feel like that was a cold that was a cold blooded marketing decision of like we want to make this movie like we, we want to market this movie to like some kids as well because like everyone loves Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's technically not a kids movie because it's super dark, right? And there's like Nazis and and like Temple people's face. Doom has some really dark scenes well, in it, though. It does, but it also has a bunch of like dumb slapstick and weird stuff that's mm -hmm. like not really in the other movies. Like um, there's Mr. moments. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, or Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones. No time for love, Mr. Jones. Yeah, there's there's little moments of it in other movies, but like I think Temple of Doom was by by like we're gonna create a new rating that we can still get kids in, but we'll still pitch it like an adult movie. And that's why I feel like Goonies is like, 
where this kind of thing belongs. It's a kids' adventure movie. Yes. And whereas, like, it it polluted Temple of Doom, and then they're like, no, okay, back it up. And they made Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, or sorry, uh, Last Crusade. Um, and Josh is aiming a camera at me. No, he's aiming a camera at me. No, just uh, it's going up on uh, Sleepy Martin's going up on the Saturday ah, okay. Friends Club tour. Right, well, you heard it here. Not again. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, I think that's that's why. Like, I get why it has all those moving parts, but uh, I just this movie. It's, it's very much '80s. It has a lot of problems that some '80s movies have. Like, like I've, as, as far as like it's, a good it, like, if I had to like pick, <laughs> like like a good like. This is not one for character growth. I'm just no. going to say that. It, it is not a, a traditional adventure children's like, story. Despite having so many characters, it is not a character-driven movie. No. Right. no. It yeah. is very much just... it. It's about the group as a whole. It's not about the individual characters, so to speak. It it's, is about this group of outcast people who are being thrust from their homes, and this is them desperately trying to save their homes. There's that, and there's also the experience of being, experience and becoming and being a goonie. Yes. I, I will also say it is less racist than 16 Candles. I've never actually seen I 16 Candles. don't know if not I've not seen 16 I. Candles. Should we be watching this movie, Eric? Um, Less I mean, racist than the jazz singer. Ooh. I mean, I don't think our sixteen candles. Anyway, well, I mean, sixteen candles. I mean, low bars. Sixteen candles. Less <laughs> racist than the birth of a nation. Yeah, um, sixteen candles is another eighties kind of, or early nineties. That era. Like, I feel like it was eighties. Coming of age story with kit with you know kids that swear a lot. And it just has a. I mean, they just said shit a lot, and I think shit is one of those words they that they like, don't as a actually. Kid, block. You just get really excited. Hello, yeah. iTunes. Please do ignore those. Uh, Please do ignore. No, I seriously swear. think shit's one of those words that you actually can make it onto public television. No, so, it's one of the it's one of the banned words. Is it? Yeah, I could have sworn. Okay, four well, letters. I don't know. I, I think know. shit is not that bad of a word. I, I'm just she saying. keeps saying it. I, I'm, I'm, Please I'm, don't say that. Says Josh obliquely, <laughs> dropping yeah. hints. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's like a it's it's like Sixteen Candles is a is a like they just have a lot more language, but it's it's a similar movie to The Goonies in some ways, but it's got some unfortunate uh, casting choices. So um, yeah, this this movie like I can see why I, I totally get why kids were attached to this movie, but like I do not think this movie like holds up well. I think if I was showing this to a kid, they would totally enjoy it. I, I think as something seeing as an adult, if it is the first time seeing it for you, it you you either have to go in going like, I know this is a nostalgic piece, and I'm going to put myself in the situation of being a seven, eight-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah, and like, just because I have that nostalgia, like, I could still sit there and enjoy it, and I definitely laughed at a lot of the silly parts. I thought it was fun for me to watch again. But yeah, it doesn't have like a traditional like like hero's journey story arc. So I think that. that's what makes it, sets it apart a little bit. Um, a series of things that happened on the way to get to the pirate ship. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like it's a, it's a cool looking film. It's fun. You just you don't you can't take it too seriously because it is like an adventure comedy film. So like I I was giggling a lot and I was just having fun watching the characters. Um, but on the note of so many child actors being oh, in yeah. this film, let's mm -hmm. talk about this. So um, 
I actually found something on the Wikipedia which I find interesting, and it's actually, I think, is kind of funny. So, uh, it says, In the making of The Goonies, which I guess is a documentary, director Richard Donner notes the difficulties and pleasures of working with so many child actors. Donner praises them for their energy and excitement, but says that they were unruly when brought together. The document, (laughs) which is like, no shit, they're kids. Uh, the documentary frequently shows him coaching the young actors and reveals some techniques he used to get realistic performances. One of the tricks involved One-Eyed Willie's ship, which was actually a full-sized mock-up of a pirate ship created under the direction of production designer J. Michael Riva. Donna restricted the child actors from seeing the ship until they filmed the scene wherein it is revealed to their characters. The character's first glimpse of the ship was thus also the actor's first view of it, bringing about a more realistic performance. However, that particular scene in the movie is actually the second take as the cast was so overwhelmed at first sight that the scene had to be reshot. They were all just going sweet. like, shit, look at that. Oh, oh shit. They were like, I can't do this. Yeah. And um, just just because it was brought up, uh, some of the on-location filming was actually done in Astoria, Oregon. Um, and then, uh, where, what's that other part I found? It's like another city 30 miles uh, south from Astoria. The really. scenes along the coast were filmed in Oregon, uh, but they were at, at, were a considerable distance from Astoria, but the last, um, yeah, the final scene was shot at Goats, Goat Rock State Beach in Sonoma County, California. Oh, wow. Oh. Fancy that. Not far away. Just, mm-hmm. just drive down there and relive our, the, the moments Yay. of... Getting the Fratellus. <laughs> the um, I, I was saying all the child, the people in this movie as child actors like Sean Astin, who we've seen from Memphis Bell, and most people have seen Lord of the Rings. And he's also in the uh, latest uh, season of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is he a child? Is he a child a actor in that one? Yes, too? he's of a child actor. Not. Okay. Cool. No. No, but actually, that's uh, I wanted to bring that up because. Of the things that I enjoyed the most about this is from watching Stranger Things, <laughs> is watching them take a lot of what... The, a part of the fun of the Goonies was seeing how they had taken what was from this and putting it into Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can right, see... Because Stranger Things is a love letter to these kind of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, Chunk is totally... Uh, what's the what's the kid's name in, uh, in Stranger Things? I'm trying... Blanking on. Oh, I'm um, bad with names. Uh, hold on a second. Me. Just, I haven't seen any Stranger Things. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I, that I, you were caught up on my ignorance. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just going to say, like, they is that Finn Wolfhard, the kid with the the curly hair. Yeah, the curly haired kid. I don't know what yeah. his name is. Okay. In any case, he plays a character that is similar to Chunk, but done in such a way that it is not like in any way offensive. No. It is merely just like. Hey, this is part of his character. He's kind of oblivious, but he's he's kind of just like this dopey kid, but in a dopey kid way where it's like, I totally knew that kid. Like he was just kind of Are you of kidding? Fun that loving. was you. What? You don't know me. <laughs> Damn, girl. Woo. Um you know, yeah. uh, it, it, and you could see those tropes, like them going out on their bikes and stuff and just going on these adventures around town. It's like, oh, it's it felt a ton like I, the Goonies. I kept expecting this also to become it. And a good thing, and one thing that they do in the most recent version of Stranger Things with him is the fact that he is the one that is, like, putting the map together and figuring out and doing a lot of, like, the puzzly stuff like yep. he had done on the Goonies. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Stranger Things is, like, a much better version of this. <laughs> 
Yes. It, I, I would agree. Stranger Things is very, very good. Yeah, it's uh, Dustin, by the way, is his name. Dustin, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, so, it's... Well, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think we've covered all our bases on the vi- this. And the listeners. villains were stupid and uninteresting. Yeah. I thought they, they were hilarious. All right, we, we have missed the, the one the one shiny beacon in this. Sloth. <laughs> oh my god, Sloth is like always like the best part of this fucking movie. Like, especially when he tears open his shirt and he has the Superman logo, but he's like, Sloth. And he thinks Aww. the S stands for sloth. I'm just like, oh my god, he's just so. Oh, I mean, I, I have to say, like, as far as locking your child into a basement goes, at least they taught him to read. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess, but it's also kind of sad that he was chained up. Oh, to of course, begin it's with. incredibly sad. That yeah. that was that was sort of the joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Chunk. I love you too, Sloth. And at the very, the very end, where they're all together and their families are there, and like Chunk's family brings some pizza, which I thought they was like, him, they brought really? him Domino's you pizza. Thought to bring him pizza. They That's brought him amazing. Domino's pizza, which is child abuse. Both <laughs> shows they don't love him. Okay. Oh, well, man. back then I think That's... Domino's was better. Domino's so. was okay. Then Domino's became terrible. Now Domino's is okay again. But mm. do they have the Noid? No, they do not have the Noid. This is a pre-Noid era, so... I mean, it's I don't know what that means. Though. He ruins pizzas. You avoid the Noid. Avoid the Noid. Just just, just, little, just live in that peaceful place. a little place. guy in a rubber suit. Pain. Don't worry about it. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. So. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk about weird 80s marketing <laughs> campaigns. Well, hey, that yeah. can be a themed set of episodes. <laughs> yeah. A Noid episode? Yeah. Uh, I'm already annoyed. Uh-huh. Oh, God, just ended already. <laughs> And good night, All Saturday right. Friends Club. Does that take care of us for uh, anything else to be said yeah. about the Goonies? Yeah, Patreon and Twitter and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, like, would you watch it again? Like, is this going to be a movie? Like, Sabrina, it sounds like you would. but like, Yeah, I totally would watch it again. Man, is it, like, imagine how, young, how young is Josh Brolin in this movie? Like, know. three. <laughs> they're all babies. Well, well other, they're other than not. he's like... Other than he's wearing like shorts over sweatpants and is like exercising constantly. I know. It's his his attribute is muscles. Yep. Muscles and bravery, apparently. Yeah. And I don't know brother. who Josh Brolin is. He was the older brother. I, I, I know that, but I don't is, know uh, him other No Country for Old Men? No. Seen the Men in Black Three? Men in Black Three, yeah. I've seen Men in Black Three, but I don't remember enough of it to Well he he's young K. Oh, okay. Sabrina. What? Here come the men in black. Okay, that was several episodes ago. You had your chance. Oh. We we can't bring that back when we did that several episodes ago. Also, it might be a copyright violation depending on how long of that you sung. Early set We We do need to do Men in Black 2 if only so we can do Men in Black 3. We don't have to. Okay, I don't want to think about sequels yet. We don't need to do sequels. We got plenty. We got we got so, we so do much. Homeward Bound too. All right, you want me? To, you want me <laughs> to tell you? Hold on, you want me to tell you what? That was not as cry. Do you know what we have coming up? Though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, Is it Die November? It's it's Christmas time over here at the Saturday Friends Club. It's already snowing here in California. <laughs> uh, in the Bay. In the San Francisco Bay Area. In yeah. in, in the mountains probably, but not here. Oh, we don't get. Yeah. So I wish I, we got snow. I hope all of no, you, you are don't. going to have a wonderful holiday because us at the Saturday Friends Club are going to be offering you 
a wonderful trio we, of we're, Christmas. At this we're point, gonna we're gonna ruin it already. I, I mean, I just want to say that we're going to have a trio of Christmas. Okay, I thought episodes. you were gonna announce them already. It's like, I don't know. announce it yet. Let <gasps> it be a surprise. Let it be like Christmas Day, and they open up the present. Like, oh my God! It's Christmas on, in. Well, December. if any of you are upset that I'm not going to announce them, then it's going to be Mommy Sabrina just holding holding Please all the presents. Please don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Children, now children. Oh, oh no. no. Behave yourselves. No, governor. Because you better watch out. You better not cry. Santa Claus Cause, cause is Sabrina coming. will knock a bitch out. <laughs> so yes, I would. I would actually be terrified if you, a mother. <laughs> I said I think that I think that kid would be disciplined, and I would not want to beat them. Okay. No. Yeah, she would, no, she would, she would definitely on. be the bad cop of us. Of us oh, yeah. No, no, no. Be, I'm sorry. I had a really strict like raising up. Ints and I. <laughs> we called that. I like how you were not willing to let that go. I like how she worked backwards into the into it. You know what? I already started saying words. I had to just continue on and roll with it. Okay. Do it I live. Just, I just had to keep going. I just had to keep talking until something right came out. That's my philosophy. I understand. <laughs> Sabrina is she's negotiating with her brain. Like I, I need a word for this. Like all I, I've got is like growing up, coming out. Like that's not very good. Like that's all I, we got. Sorry, you gotta. Uh, you go know what? It still sounded good to me. Okay, it made sense I in my brain. I had a really brain. strict growing up and. <laughs> that sounds like that's like a Derek Zoolander. Yeah, I had a very strict growing so up. And you, so, anyways, you bet your ass, my kid would be disciplined. Oh, oh boy. Yes. Look so, how I turned out. I turned out amazing. You, you, oh, God. And they would be watching the Goonies with the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, opposed to, you know, having Mama Sabrina yell at you. Oh. Uh, Please. No. <laughs> God, Josh, just, just, just kill it. Uh, you can enjoy that we're going to do some holiday episodes coming up very and, soon. And, and we promise they're not going to be just totally schmaltzy garbage. And we're going to be doing... Hey, man. We're going to be doing a Saturday friend gift exchange. Gift time! So we're actually going to be giving each other presents over here. Yay! It's going to be a good, good, good time. I'm hoping, good. For, I'm hoping for a Caldor Drago, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what? No. No one will understand this reference. Keep okay. going. No. All right. So uh, that'll take care of us for this week over here at the Saturday Friends Club. By the way, you can go over to satfriendsclub.com. That is the web address. You can go over to at satfriends on Twitter to find us and find the picture of uh, Martin Napping that I just posted <laughs> up on the Twitter. Come, come <laughs> mansplain your opinions about uh, this show. You can go over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. Please, if you feel like you love us enough, just give us a tiny little a little tip into the tip jar to help us out. You know, we, we, do we always like having appreciate lights it. on. We and we say your name out every few episodes and say how awesome you are. So that's <laughs> we very much appreciate that. Uh, if you are feeling so generous to us, and uh, as for that, that is taking care of us for this week. We will return next week for the beginning of our holiday spectacular. It will be magical. Uh, till then, sleep well, everyone. Hopefully your Thanksgiving was good. Goonies never say die. And Goonies never say die.